Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. We're all looking for ways to save, especially on medical bills. But where do you start? Unless you're a medical billing expert, finding savings can seem impossible. HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance and flags errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Saving starts with knowing where to look. Visit HealthLock.com today before you see another healthcare provider. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Good morning, peeps, and welcome to Woke AF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, recording from the home bunker. Friends, I'm very excited to bring to you the second part of my two-part conversation with Dr. Dina Simmons, who is an activist educator, TED Talker, and the founder of Liberated. I'm excited for the second part of this conversation because it's not often that I leave a conversation feeling more inspired to do the work that I do on a regular basis. And I felt this way with Dr. Simmons because, you know, as a Black queer woman who has dedicated her life to politics, to wanting to engage those who have been most marginalized and oppressed, and then also educate those who act as allies, you know, it is a trying space to be in. It is one that you, you know, oftentimes are forced to create and forge yourself. And so in this conversation with Dr. Simmons, you know, I felt a kinship, which I'm sure that you can hear from our conversation and felt like there was, you know, an opportunity for us to be able to grow together, right? That community is something that you have to be intentional about. So I enjoyed this conversation and I hope you enjoy the second part as well. But before we dig into that, I, you know, folks, I took a few days to celebrate the marriage of one of my best friends. And I took a few days off in order to travel to her wedding, uh, which means that I was able to give my mind and my soul and my spirit a rest from the toxicity that is our new cycle, from the reality that is our crumbling democracy. And from being inundated with the rise in hate and violence that we are seeing both on social media and in real life. So when the alert would come across my phone, as it did with all of you, about the violent assault on Speaker Pelosi's husband, Paul Pelosi, and then to watch 
just for a few, you know, for a few brief moments, the reaction from the Republican Party and the reaction from Don Trump Jr., which has had him trending this week on social media because he is just so disgusting and repulsive in turning a very violent and scary and lethal, potentially lethal situation into a joke, just shows you the fact that there is absolutely no bottom with these people or with this party and that there should be no excuses made or the thought that I'm looking at media outlets that are saying things like he may have suggested, or it may, it could be, you know, intended that he was making a joke about Paul Pelosi. Let me tell you something. I don't know how much more fucking obvious things have to be in order for people in the media to not want to cover their ass and just actually tell the fucking truth, right? Don Jr puts up a tweet of a disgusting Halloween, what he stated was a Halloween costume with a hammer and a pair of men's briefs. And says, oh, look, I have my Paul Pelosi costume. This 82-year-old man is still in intensive care. This 82-year-old man almost lost his life, not for anything that he has done, but because of what the Republican party has turned his wife into a caricature into the reason why, I don't know, gas prices are high. The earth spins. I have no fucking idea. But what I will say is that there used to be a time when we had a bottom, when there was a limit to the rhetoric. Now, these are the same motherfuckers that will turn around after a school shooting that claims the life of children and teachers and say that now is not the time to talk politics. We should be sending hopes and prayers. But while Paul Pelosi is recovering in intensive care, surrounded by his family and friends because of a political assault, that he bared the brunt of because thankfully his wife was not home. But what we know and report since with the investigation is that this QAnon hyped up Fox News guzzling piece of shit was looking to send a message to other Democrats by breaking the kneecaps of Nancy Pelosi. And I'm probably sure going further than that. Remind you that this comes off of you know, the heels of a guilty verdict in the case that would have been the disrupted kidnapping of Governor Whitmer, right? Which the far right also made a joke about that. And I don't even call them the far right. They're just the right. Their violence, their rhetoric, their disgust, and their disdain for anything other than white, straight, Christian, and I use Christian with fucking air quotes. People isn't just left to the political arena. They are egging these people on. When you have Marjorie Taylor Greene getting up on stages and saying that Democrats are trying to kill us, what the fuck do you think is going to happen? But they absolutely know what is going to happen. They are hopeful for it. They are giddy about it. 
Other things that I saw while I was supposed to be on vacation celebrating, you know, love and marriage were white supremacists in tactical gear standing in front of polling stations so that they could intimidate people the same way that the KKK did during Jim Crow. What I want folks to remember too is that, you know, Jim Crow y'all wasn't that long ago. Like there are grandparents who are still alive. Your parents, possibly, who were born on the heels, right, of major court decisions like Brown versus the Board of Education that would try and create a more equitable United States of America. So right now, as we are watching this country regress and we're wondering how, how could it possibly be? Oh, because we don't give a shit about teaching anything that has to do with history or civics or your responsibility as a citizen. And we love to couch everything in the idea that, you know, all of these bad things that happened were just done by a handful of people. And it was like centuries ago. It wasn't, you know, somebody told me the other day that the last living child of enslaved people died just recently in this country. Do you know how old they were? They were in their nineties. So that just lets you know that America's attention span is real short and their understanding of history even shorter. Things are repeating themselves because we refuse to teach them. It is just, folks, a handful of days until midterm elections. As I've been clocking back into the news, 22 million Americans, as of the time of this recording, have already voted. That bodes well, usually, for Democrats, but we won't know. Because just like I tell you every single day on this show, do not believe polls. Because polls don't mean a fucking thing. They are not science, and you can get them to say whatever it is that you want, depending on how you ask the question and to who you ask the question. So the polls would have us believe that all is lost, right? That we need to pack up our bags and we need to go away because the far right is coming. Well, if the recent election in Brazil doesn't give you some comfort, it should. Now, while the winning, right, by the left in that country was razor thin, meaning the decision to oust the far right Brazilian Trump, Bolsonaro, was a decision made by 2 million voters. 2 million. So for those people that think that midterms is a time for them to sit out, you'll get another bite at this apple. I'm telling you, you won't. So for family and friends and colleagues that you have that are telling you that all is lost, all is hopeless. And there are days, absolutely there are days when I feel that way. But there's also a reason why I get up every morning and why I continue to record this show, why I continue to write, why I continue to tweet and speak out because it matters, because our voices at the end of the day matter. Because if we don't lift them up, if we don't scream from the rooftops, if we allow the musks and the trumps of the world to take over and we just go quietly off into the good, good night, what the fuck do we think is going to happen? I tell you that I would rather stay and fight 
then go live peacefully or somewhat peacefully on my knees someplace else. So folks, with the few days that we have left, if you have not voted already, please do make sure that you have a plan for voting and that you have a plan to bring other people to the polls with you. Know that if you are in certain states, you will need chairs to sit down. You will need water to drink. You will need snacks. You will need a phone charger, right? You may need people to be on tap for you so that you can tap them into the line so that you can take a break and then tap others in. This is why mail-in voting is so important. But we know that some states have disallowed that, you know, because of the five people that happen to accidentally illegally vote every year. They've created all of these parameters, but nothing for the motherfuckers that are committing mass murder every day by AR-15s. Nonetheless, I hope that the second part of my conversation with Dr. Dina Simmons inspires you as much as it did me. And I hope that it inspires you all to remember your power and your purpose as citizens of this country. Coming up next, the last part, the final part of my conversation with Dr. Dina Simmons. It's no secret that the news is horse pill hard to swallow. Thankfully, there's the Bituation Room podcast hosted by comedian and commentator Francesca Friorentini for a lighter take on the heavy stuff. Each week, the Bituation Room brings you progressive comedians, experts, and activists to break down the issues in a way that won't just leave you crying under a weighted blanket. Get the Bituation Room on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and streaming on YouTube and Twitch. The Damage Report with John Idarola is one of the most popular shows on the TYT network that serves as your daily breakdown of the genuine threats and challenges facing our country and world. These days, we're confronted with an overwhelming sea of shocking, confounding, and devastating news stories. The Damage Report is your life raft, helping you navigate the day's news and understand the damage caused by the corrupt establishment, politicians, corporations, and everything in between. Join the Damage Report's notorious fan club, The Dragon Squad, where you become part of a fantastic community of progressives. Create a fun dragon nickname that fits your personality, collaborate, and participate in fun activities like voting for, the garbage person of the week, and much more. Listen to The Damage Report on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. You know, I am a former educator. I taught first and second grade uh, general education and special education. Then I went into education policy, all for the reasons that you just stated all for the desire, because I have always believed that education is key into being able to understand yourself, understand the world around you, but more so understand the value that your ancestors, your people brought to this world, right? And it is amazing to me, but not really, um, that you will see now these forces of evil to try and gut curriculum, to try and gut the very presence of queer people like I am, of black people, of Latinx people, of just anyone who is not white, cis, straight, and supposedly Christian, right? Mm -hmm. 
And I, I'm wondering, you know, because you said earlier about what 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 allows you to wake up every day, right? Mm-hmm. But I got to tell you, Dina, that what is keeping me up every night mm-hmm. is the fact that the erasure that is happening right now is rapid mm-hmm. and it is real. And I don't know if we are all, all of us, including our white accomplices, embodying the revolutionary spirit that is going to be necessary to push back against these forces that are unrelenting. And so I, I want to, you know, ask you, what do you truly believe will wake people up to the reality that we are facing and that we are currently living in? Because, you know, the, the title of my show is Woke as Fuck. Because I want it to be an alarm clock, the, the, the raising of consciousness for people who have been forced into or have decided to rest in slumber, put their, bury their heads, as I say, and be political ostriches in the sand, right? So, uh, you know, what do you think will or can wake people up to the revolutionary spirit and warrior spirit? that our ancestors had to even get us here. What do we, what do we need? So several things, first of all, the folks who bury their head in the sand, I always say, what a privilege that you get to look away. I Mm. gotta wake up every single day and live my life in this country as a black woman. And and, you know, with a sister who's chronically ill, because I want to also be inclusive of what it means to be chronically ill in this country. I am also newly chronically ill. And I cannot tell you how much time it takes out of my day to go to doctor's appointments, to, to do everything I need to do just to be well enough in this capitalist society so that I could perform or achieve or produce, right? Because that's what, that's what the society expects of us. Uh, nonetheless, what we've learned from you know 2020 on is that when white folks some white folks discovered racism after George Floyd because I say discovered because folks act like we weren't saying the same stuff before mm-hmm. when folks discovered racism or institutions discovered racism because they had no choice but to watch a black man for nearly eight minutes or nine minutes get killed with a knee to his neck, we saw a bunch of movement around, let's go get training, let's go buy these books, let's go march. And today in 2020, we don't see that same energy. And all I want folks is to keep that same energy because that was one instance of many instances of Black death. And Black death does not always end is not always end in like actual death. There are many black deaths that black people experience and come back alive every single day. It's true for every young people. So I would always say to folks is control what you can control. If you're a teacher in the classroom and you're a white person, how are you putting yourself on the line for to ensure that that black child could be who they are without repercussion? Who, who they're not being and contribute, you're not contributing to the prison, you know, the, to the school to prison nexus, that you are standing up for that black child, that Latinx child, that queer child, and all those intersections, and that chronically ill child, Asian child, whomever, 
that you are doing that work and that you know your values and that you're living your values. And I think that is something that everyone can do. At the end of the day, folks need to give up something mm-hmm. for, for, for equity mm-hmm. to happen. Mm-hmm. The question I would ask folks is to really reflect on what you're willing to give up in order for someone else to have something. And, um, and that's something too that I have to reflect on now, newly middle class. Uh, grew up, you know, in, you know, in, 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 in poverty, but now new middle class. Uh, and so that's also the tension, right? It was education that got me to where I am, yep. but it's like, so I critique the education system is like, I'm also broken. I am healing and I'm in therapy uh, because of those years I had to distance myself from myself, from my community and my home. Um, but well, how else can folks wake up? I've also noticed too, that w- after um, Trump was elected, we saw a lot more people get involved in activism. And that was because it impacted them. So it says a lot about how self-centered people are like, oh, all of a sudden this is impacting me. Let me go put myself on the line because now it's personal. And I think that's, you know, fine. That's a motivator, but I think we need to be motivated also by the saying that there is no liberation. If like, if we all don't have liberation, that our liberation and our healing and our, um, all of that freedom is connect is interconnected and it's connected. So as long as you have your big picket fence and your big gate in your community, there will always be someone trying to take something from you because they need it. You yep. know what I'm saying? I'm saying as long as you have that picket fence because it's needed. And as long as you have that picket fence and you are where you are, there's always going to, you are always going to have the fear that someone wants to take something from you. If we all had enough, come on, that would be okay. That would be okay. And so we, we, we work in the spirit of scarcity instead of abundance. And so what I would say is be, what are you willing to give up? I'm not asking people to like sacrifice their lives. I'm asking people to maybe sacrifice some comfort sacrifice your job, sacrifice your inheritance, because anyway, that money ain't yours. That money is somebody's Black ancestors' money. Let's be real. Um, Think about, we also have to have the conversation about reparations, right? Where are the reparations? And and I don't think we're ready for that conversation because folks think in this <laughs> we are not ready for that conversation. Well, because you and I are like, so folks are going to, because we complicate it, right? We're like, well, Dina and Danielle, technically, y'all ain't going to get any reparations because y'all are from the Caribbean. Y'all are not American descendants of slaves. Therefore, y'all don't get your money. You better go back and try to get your money from the English on whatever they do in Antigua and Jamaica. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think think we overcomplicate the reparations conversation, but we do need to have the conversation about reparations because Black people are owed. Um, what was stolen from us and that we starting to see little things. Nigeria received back some, um, some of their, uh, you know, their jewels or it wasn't their jewels, but it was some sort of ancestral sort of um, important uh, Mm -hmm. uh, artifact. And so uh, I, I, so I don't know, I don't know the answers. What I would say is live every day fighting for a better tomorrow, live every day, not for yourself, but for the collective. And that's hard to do. Live every day and make it count because every single thing we do has a repercussion. There's a story that I like to use. um, It's a, it's, um, it's by Ursula Le Guin, Le Guin, I believe is her name. And it's, it's about this, this town, this 
utopic town. In order for that utopia, that utopia to happen, there's a child in a basement that is suffering. And, and everyone knows it in that town. And they're just like, well, that's just how it is. And that is actually how we live our life. We know mm. that in other countries, in India, in like when we were having COVID, even our COVID behavior, like even our how wasteful we are impacts people who are dealing with global warming right now, literally things are burning in other parts of the world. But as long as we focus only on ourselves, we're not going to get anywhere. And I think we need to think about the collective a little bit more. We need to think about how our actions trickle down to other people. And so those are just, those are things that I think people can do individually. Where are you buying from? How are you buying? Are you supporting black businesses? How is what you do contribute to X, Y, Z suffering? Those are all things that we need to think about. And those are questions I ask myself because I'm always at tension. Every time I buy something, I'm like, who had to work cheap labor, long hours? need to get this sale, you know? And so that's a tension that I'm always dealing with. And I'm not perfect. I fail um, because I'm, I'm trying to save money, but I'm always, I have to be like, no, Dina, like at, at whose expense? And that's a question that I think many of us should ask ourselves at whose expense. Um, and then if we're in a room, we have to ask who's not in the room and how do I make space and how do I break down this table so that we build a new one where other folks can fit at it. Uh, or we just to get rid of the table altogether and just knock down the wall and have a whole, have a more like welcoming space. And so those are, I, I, I want to focus on what the individual could do because obviously there could be systemic changes. Right. Like vote. folks, go vote, go register to vote. If you ain't voting, go mm-hmm. vote because that is one way to exercise your voice. And so I will say, go vote if you can. Um, and then when, when you vote and, you know, Go to those meetings and those council meetings and those committee meetings and advocate for what you care about. Organize and, you know, do community organizing to get what you need in your community. If you live in a building, tenant organizing, whatever you need to do, because there is power in the people. And I think we forget that there are more of us than there are of them, whoever the them is, the powerful, the the the, the supremacist, the white supremacist. Mm-hmm. There's more of us. There were more enslaved people than there were um, enslavers. And I think part of it is liberating our mind to know our Come power. On. Yes. That is yes. at the end of the day, liberate your mind so that you know your powers, so that you could ask for what you want. You can know your worth and you can fight for what we deserve. Dr. Dina Simmons, you must come back to woke AF daily. Well, when my book comes out and you- <laughs> Because right now it's white rules for black people, but I also know my worth. And so I left my publisher and it's back on the market. Again. Okay. Okay. So, so, so we could, we could, we definitely be down to talk to you because we have actually have so much in common. I looked you up. I was like, we going to have to be friends. <laughs> I love that. I love that very much. Yes. Yes. I, I, I am open for dope, powerful black women friends. The, right. the, the door is open. So Dr. Simmons, thank you so much for making the time for Woke AF for this very in-depth, you know, inspiring conversation. We, I, I don't often get to leave people with inspiration. I leave them with rage. And so this, this, was, this was really beautiful and needed, and I'm very grateful for it. So thank you. Thank you so much, Danielle. I look forward to being in touch and being friends. <laughs> Take care.
That is it for me today, dear friends on Woke AF. As always, power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.